This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Hunter Chronicles podcast brought to you by Tacticam. Tacticam is by far the easiest way to begin filming your hunts. Whether it's the budget-friendly solo or the 4K 5.0, Tacticam has something for everyone. Check them out at Tacticam.com. This year we are also working with Spartan Forge. Spartan Forge is AI for the deer woods. They've created a neural network based on collared deer studies, car deer accidents, social media posts to predict the best days to be in the woods. We just did a podcast with them, podcast, I believe it was number 174, and Bill goes through kind of how it works and what the interface looks like. It is now available as an app, so you can check out the Apple Store or Google Play. Um, It should be back on, but it was in beta and on the podcast, Bill talks about when it was going to be back up. Obviously, I've got it on my phone, so it's there. I couldn't tell you if it's back up, but it was going to be a week or two. And since I've been elk hunting, I believe that time should have passed by now. So you can check them out at SpartanForge.ai. If you would like more information, you can sign up there. I believe you can still use code BOWHUNTER for the 25% discount. I don't believe that was right off of the just for the beta, but you can certainly check that out, SpartanForge.ai. Man, so the, the introduction to this podcast, um, I shout out some of our Patreons to, to talk about the deer that they've killed. And since then, um, there have been some really big bucks gone down here in Michigan. Eric Loso, one of our Patreons, shot a 13-point uh, double split G2 drop tine buck, Michigan public land, complete stud of a buck. I don't care if you're in Iowa, Kansas, this buck is really something. Going to try and get him on the podcast to talk about it here coming up soon. And then Tori Owens right here uh, out of the Muskegon area 
Shot a really nice public land, eight point, great Michigan deer. Congratulations to those guys. Keep them coming, and we will, uh, you know, give you guys big congrats. That's why we do this, living vicariously through you. I feel like I'm so far behind on uh, whitetail hunting this year because of the elk trip right in the middle. But this podcast, you guys are really going to like it. If well, if you're a pure bow hunter and you only want. Uh, bow hunting tips, tricks, and tactics, and you have not yet built the relationship with us as uh, the podcast hosts and, and the group that we've got going on here, um, this one might not be for you, but this was such a great trip, so fun, learned so much about breaking down elk, the elk camp, and I ended up shooting an elk uh, last day with a rifle uh, only to prove how easy rifle hunting is. No, I mean, it's unfortunate that it ended up that way uh, just because it plays into the stereotype that uh, we here on the podcast have for rifle hunters, but it really did bring me back to when I was a kid and the rifle camps and deer camp and all of that really enjoyed it break down the whole hunt everything uh, like that but we do got to give a shout out to our latest patreon austin berlin out of marshall michigan uh just signed up tonight as i was uh doing one of the vitals live uh vitals live the patrons get access to that too so um, if you haven't signed up for that you know, one of the patrons go back through the patreon page and uh, there's a log in there so you can go check out all of the previous live webinars that we've done through the vitals live you can check it out the vitals live.com but uh did one tonight with greg litzinger and while i was doing that austin signed up so thank you so much austin patreon is a crowdfunding for creators and we really do appreciate it it covers the hosting equipment the this microphone this uh recorder that we're using here all of those things can't thank you guys enough. You can check that out at patreon.com forward slash Bowhunter Chronicles podcast or bowhunterchroniclespodcast.com and just click the Patreon link, uh, links in the Instagram, all of that. And then we do try to give back as much as we can. Partnered with Tacticam, as you heard in the, in the beginning, Tacticam gives away a package every quarter. We do quarterly giveaways. Zinger Fletchings, they give away uh, one of their test packs for the the fletchings to one of the patreons spartan forge uh, year subscription for that and we are still on the fence as far as what we're going to be giving away for this quarter but in the marco polo group for the patreons there has been a lot of talk a lot of questions lots of different stuff about packs so i believe we're going to give away another pack or two uh whether it's going to be one of the high dollar packs like a elk hunting uh, pack-in pack or maybe like a saddle hunting style pack, the K2 or Everly Stock X2. Uh, you guys let me know what you want, and I believe we're going to do a back tension release as well. Um, being John loves the Carter stuff, it's probably going to be a Carter Evolution or a Silverback. Um, we will just have to figure that out. But that's what we're going through. We're still looking for ideas. We just want you guys to have the best experience. We appreciate everything that you do for us, and we just want to give back. Really do appreciate it. But if Patreon's not for you, no big deal. Do us a favor. Tell someone else about the podcast or leave us a review. Now, normally I I don't really see the reviews or, or whatever, but I do go back through them as it 
comes up through my email. And I did read the latest one from Christographer7. So we do appreciate all of the feedback. Um, Christographer has said that the podcast is amazing. Topics are great. Information is great. The guests are interesting. Everything is great except for Adam, which is me. Um, he says, the host says, um, in the housekeeping intros. Normally, I don't nitpick, but it's very, very distracting. All in all, juice, juice is worth the squeeze. Man, I'm just a man. So I do appreciate the feedback. I'm working on it. I'll try and cut out the ums. I will definitely... Um, <laughs> I couldn't help it. Definitely try and work on that. I've been working on it uh, uh, since I read that, and I'm definitely aware. So thank you, Chris. Get a hold of me. Shoot me an email. We'll get you a T-shirt and uh, some stickers and stuff sent out to you. So shoot me an email, uh, Christographer. Thank you for the review. You guys, if you can leave us some more reviews, that would be great. It helps us. It lets us know um, the things that we are uh, doing well and the things that we can improve on. But this episode is a great one. Frank, John, myself, back talking. We talk about uh, Frank's elk hunt a little bit as well. So it's a really fun podcast. A little bit of back and forth because of John's uh, bow hunting only mentality. But, you know, we're going to have that. So thank you for listening. Enjoy the episode. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Bow Hunter Chronicles podcast. Thanks for sticking with us as uh, I was hunting, and uh, you know, hunting comes first. Although, you know, if if you want uh, a pure uh, bow hunt, uh, this is not going to be this podcast. Uh, but we're going to get into my elk trip, and so if you're just want, you know, the the bow hunting only, you're a purist. Uh, you know, turn it off right now. All right, go go to another one. I'm out of here. <laughs> John hasn't been here in a month or so. Uh, you have to stay. Uh, but real quick, I want to say, uh, congratulations to, um, Jason Ladigas, first public land buck, biggest buck. Um, uh, Alex, uh, shot one, shot a doe. Um, Chris Burnett has his first deer with a bow, first buck, first buck with a bow. Um, all of that and, uh, <laughs> Brad Collins, BDS outdoors, uh, rolls his kayak, ruins his camera. I think on Wednesday goes out and shoots his first deer from a saddle on uh Saturday. I'm sure I'm missing somebody else, but, um, you know, a lot of stuff has happened. It's been good hunting, uh, since I was gone. John, welcome back. John has really heard about zero, uh, from this trip. Um, except for I called him from Colorado and he's like, what's going on? I'm like, well, shot an elk. I had to shoot him with the gun. And he's like, awesome. Great. You asshole. Fucker. <laughs> Boom. Actually, I think I said, don't really want to hear about it. <laughs> and then, then Frank, he says, have you heard from John? I said, I, I, I called him when I was out there and, uh, he wasn't impressed. He goes, yeah, I sent him a picture. He didn't even respond. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, Jesus. Like, <laughs> That's it. I quit. <laughs> I'm like, well, I, th- I mean, I knew he was, you know. I told, I told her and he says, we're going to have to change the name. <laughs> Bogun Hunter Chronicles. <laughs> uh, so 
What's been up, John? You've been absent off the podcast here for for a minute. What? Where you been? So what's up? Well, I just been busy working, and um, I did go up. I was supposed to go hunting up to our property. Uh, was that a couple weeks ago? And then got some bad news about my buddy. It's in the UP, and so ended up. We decided to go up to see him. I did sneak out. I, that was the first night or the first opportunity to hunt. And so I went out and hunted one night and then I went out the next morning, but, you know, just been, I was pretty bummed about that, but then busy just, I, uh, been working my butt off on building projects, but, and then I did make it out to made, made up to my property this weekend, but got up there late Friday I didn't go out Saturday morning, went out Saturday night, did find a pretty good sign, found a bunch of fresh grapes, some rubs, sat, got wet, rained on me, so got back to the trailer and I was, my gear was soaking wet and I was like, you know what, I'm not even going out in the morning. I had one deer come in right, well, so I was rushed around at the truck and I left my phone in the truck cause I was, it was like dead on the way there. So I plugged in and I was trying to get, you know, as charged as possible. In the meantime, I forgot. So I got out into the swamp on the edge. And I was like, pull up my, I'll go to pull up my base map. I'm like, Oh shit. <laughs> I don't have my freaking phone. And it's not like I'm going to get lost, but it's easy to get turned around out there. And it's especially right now, this, the, the low cover is still covered in leaves. Oh, yeah. So when it's like that, you can't, it's just like walking in a maze. And it would have been one thing if it would have just been me up there. But my wife was back at the trailer. And she'd been there all afternoon. And, you know, she's like, well, don't, you know, don't be too late. I want to sit by the fire. I'm like, so I'm like, well, if I, Go out there and get turned around. Then she's going to be freaking out. She don't have then a she's vehicle. Be calling you. Well, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, get a hold of you. So I was like, so I didn't go into this as far as I normally do. And yeah, like right, I was actually getting down. I put got my bow on the ground. I only used one bow rope, you know. So, and there was a a limb that I had trimmed off, and I threw that off, and. When it hit the ground, I heard something. It was like, sploosh, sploosh, sploosh. And it actually was coming at me then. Like, it heard the, the tree limb, like, getting rubbed. And, uh, but then it stopped. So, it was, like, right out where I would have, you know, been probably where it was coming from but at last light. But, so, anyway, I've had three sits. It's, what, October 24th. 24th. Holy sh. Day after my birthday, dude. Yeah. Oh, happy birthday. Thanks. So, but that's it for me. I just been oh. hanging out. All right. So, the ball's in your court. You're the host. I'm the guest. Right. So, <laughs> let's hear about your your elk hunting trip. So, when you left, when did you leave? Um. So, we left that Wednesday night. So... I don't know what the dates were, but basically the hunt, it was the first rifle, Colorado, and 
we had to be there at like 10 o'clock on Friday. Season started on Saturday. And then they came and picked us up um, Thursday, which was the end of the season. So the the our season, our hunt was Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, five-day hunt. So we left Wednesday night, drove to uh, Rawlins, uh, Wyoming. <coughs> so drove straight through to Rollins. So we left at like six, got to Rollins at like six on Thursday, seven on Thursday. And then got in. No, we, it wasn't, it wasn't even that late. It was like two o'clock or something, but they had a rifle range there. And those guys had already figured it all out. And it was, uh, my dad, my dad's buddy. And, uh, Frank, what are you doing? I'm just looking to see what, uh, what the date was. Um, so it was, they had a rifle range there and, uh, those guys had figured it out with my dad, my dad's buddy, Tom, his son, um, his son's buddy, Matt, who was actually one of our Patreons listens to the podcast and then me. So it was six guys. Oh, and then, then, then one of Tom's buddies. So there's six guys in camp. So they did all the figuring out, um, Tom's, the, the way that they had figured this place out is. Tom's dad's been going there for like 20 years to the actual guided lodge deal. And it was, um, he was like 17 for 20, uh, going out there. And so my dad has been out there to the real lodge, everything. And there was a, uh, his son, Kyle had wanted to do this trip. He called out there. And they had had a cancellation for the spike camp, and he wanted to do it with a group of his buddies, you know, go out there, share a camp, do that. And, and he wanted a little bit of adventure, you know, rather, because he'd been out there to the lodge before. Um, but, like, basically all of his buddies backed out, and he was kind of, like, stuck with trying to fill it. fill it. And so that's how I ended up going. But anyways, so they had already researched all of this, and there was a thousand-yard rifle range in Rollins. And then we got there and I was just along for the ride and they had a full on bow 3d core like range, but it was like freaking 30 mile an hour winds. It was like, I was holding like six inches off at, at 50 yards to hit like where I needed to be. Um, it was, it was pretty wild, but, but yeah, so that's when we left was. So that was in Wyoming. Then she so guys stayed the night in Wyoming. Yep. And then you got up, what yep, and we had finished. to be, yeah, we had to be that be there in Colorado by like ten a.m. So we got up at like five and drove there. We like literally pulled in, took our stuff out of the truck, changed. And we were kind of like I think we were in our clothes that we were going to go in on, go in with. Um, threw our stuff on this truck, this big ass truck, and they drove us down to the stables, and we got got on our horses and. Rode in. So. So, uh, I, that was going to be my next question. So, so, when you get there and you get on the horse, they, do they like pack it, pack the horses up with your gear? Like you just say, okay, here's my bag. Yeah. So. Valet. Well, <laughs> no. So, <laughs> yes and no, really. So, the, the deal was, is like, you got packed. It, it was all part of like what the deal was, but you, 
you got like a horse to ride in and then a horse to carry your pack and your food. So you got two 45 pound sacks. Uh, yeah, uh, allocations. Mm-hmm. So, and it had to be even. So when we got our stuff there, we threw it all out and then they they weighed each thing so it went evenly on the horses because I guess if it's off by like more than like two or three pounds, like the horses freak out and it can you sure. know, be a bad deal. So they like threw all of our stuff out on a tarp. They weighed it all up and then they put it on the things. But the guys that had – so there was another camp that was like a couple miles away, like over the next ridge. It was probably like two miles away. Um, I guess they just packed their shit like random. They told us specifically like it's got to be like this size to this size to fit in the panniers or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, so there was six guys – six horses and then six horses for your gear. Well, they took eight horses for their gear and they said it was an extra $250 per horse if you had to do that. But when we got there, they didn't have enough horses to, because the other guys. So like half of us went in and then when when those other guys came back, they brought it in and we only took five horses with all of our stuff. Cause like they're like, the guy's like, oh, you did a really good job, like, packing your stuff in, and then, like, we'll get to it a little bit later. But when the second guy came to pick up the bulls the first day, he's like, he's like, he's like, oh, are you guys those guys? And he said, no, Seth said, you know, we, we did a really good pack. He goes, oh, you guys did a fine job, a fine job packing in. Those other motherfuckers, that's rude. He's, <laughs> like, he's like, that's bullshit, you know? So, but yeah, so, so we had it. Like specific size bags and stuff like that. I just used my pack, but it, it, seeing how it was done now, I probably would have used like a duffel bag because it would have just been easier all around. But it was okay. Different. So you get back there, and this is so you get in there the night before season. Mm-hmm. So you go up glass, but so when you get back to this, do they set up camp or is it already set? It's already set. So there was two tents. There was. One that had three folding tables in it, six folding chairs. It had like a 30-pound propane tank with like a two-headed Mr. Buddy heater. Mm-hmm. And then like a a two-burner camp chef with no pans, no griddle, no nothing. Um, and then there was like a first aid kit and some extra batteries. There was two LED lanterns, a chainsaw to cut your firewood. And then in the other tent, there was six cots and a, a wood stove. And that was it. So you brought out, brought in all your own cooking gear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And your own food. Mm-hmm. So what did what you about, take with you like that for, you know I mean? What did you? Well, it, in hindsight, in, I, I think when we like got together, because these guys are all on the other side of the state, except for my dad and I and Matt's like out of Lansing. We should have, like, said, we're this is the menu for dinners, and then this is our food. But everybody brought it in like it was a backcountry hunt. So we all had, I mean, like, every night we would get together and eat fucking Mountain House or, you know, Peak Refuel or, or whatever, ready wise. And 
you know, you know, John knows, right. you know, after a couple of days, you're like, fuck, man, I want some real food. Right. So, we, I mean, two of the nights we ate elk heart and mashed potatoes and biscuits and stuff. And that was phenomenal. And I brought in some pre-cooked bacon and we cooked that up, you know, mm-hmm. and that was, that was great. But if we would have done it differently, but everybody had their own tote with their own food. So in our mind, we just were like, oh, that's all our stuff. And right. if we would have done it as a community right. deal, it would have been a better. It would have been a better. It would have just been a better like experience oh, altogether. Yeah. So, what about water? Oh yeah, there was six six gallon water jugs. And then you had to go felt like you could refill them. Well, you had a radio, you could call them. Oh. So, like the one day when he came and picked up the bull on the last day, the one that I shot, he said he we heard him on the radio saying that they were already bringing water to that other camp. We're like, well, if you want to, if you're bringing water, you know, you could bring us some too, but we don't need it. But. Oh, okay. So did you guys have any streams on me? You could get it out of right there. So below us. So we, our camp was, I think like at 8,200 or 8,400 feet at 7,000 feet, which was right immediately below us was a Creek. <laughs> so <laughs> you could, we could have got water, but I mean, the it was so dry in the tent like the one day they had a a pan full of snow on there i mean if we were really gonna die we could have so did they leave the horses with you no they just they bring you in drop you yep so when you when you're there you don't have to worry about horses you just no and so before you left you were talking about you know we were talking about like your plan of attack and Mm -hmm. you know like the area was not as big because of the other camps. Mm-hmm. So did you cover the whole area? No, I, and it, that was like, I think strictly out of, well, it was a long ass ways, but it was like kind of one of those deals where like, are you going to leave elk to find elk type thing? Cause where we were situated, situated was on this ridge between two mountains. And so, like the first day we get up there, we, we're getting all of our stuff situated and whatnot. On the way in, until we got to our ridge, they didn't really tell us anything as far as like where to sit. But we come up over this thing and they're like, there's this one really big spruce right there. That's a pretty good spot to sit, you know. And then we get like halfway to camp and then there's this like it was uh, Aspen's coming down and then. There was a finger of like dark timber, like two little ridges of dark timber. And then it was all the oak brush right here. And then that came up into like some oak brush and went down into some aspens, but it made a saddle right there. And he's like, you'd be surprised how many bulls were killed right here, like 20 yards from the, because they're just coming up out of that bottom and over into the next one. And then just on the other side of camp, there was this big knob, well, it was all oak brush, and then it was the same thing. It was dark timber that went down from the creek below, and we're sitting there, you know. So, so that's where they told us, like, you can kind of sit. Then once we got up there, we took a walk. We got to, like, that little saddle thing, and they said, you know, you probably don't want to go trouncing around too much tonight. Probably just lay low, see what you see. Well, two two guys had gone up on that knob. And where we were at, we couldn't see them, but they had five bulls come up out of that bottom. And we were looking across, looking across, I seen a bear, uh, 
in the oak brush. And then when we got back, we were looking over there and there's freaking elk right directly across from us. We're sitting there glassing them and I got the, the, that LR spotter and I was videoing them across the, the way and they were like 1400 yards away. Um, we're sitting there. There's guys at camp just sitting in long, those folding chairs, smoking cigars or whatever. Matt like walks up and he's like, dude, like right there, there was a five by five and a, a, a cow like less than 200 yards right below camp that just bedded down right there. Like, so we were like just watching them and they were there for a while. And so, you know, from where we were at, you could see elk. We couldn't see what was behind us. So basically we could hunt in front of us or behind us to the next ridge. We couldn't really see what was going on back there, but it was a two mile walk mm-hmm. to see if well, you could see elk where we were seeing them all out in front of us. So Right. So how, how many miles was it back in? I don't know. It took an hour on the horses. Okay. So I, I don't, but it was like. You left out of the stables and you dropped down and there was like a couple switchbacks and you got into this creek bottom. Then you went up and like, so when we got there, it was like that day was like 17 degrees in the morning and it had just snowed like three or four inches. So like where we had to go up this really steep thing, like the, the, not the, the horse that the guy that the packer was taking us in on, but the, um, the first horse in our string was like freaking out and was like, down on its back feet and trying to go down. And the guy that was on it didn't like riding horses. Then the horse in front of me, like just laid right down. It was like trying to rear up. And then it went down and it was just laying on its belly, just laying there in the trail. My horse was trying to figure out what's going on. It's like, it was a mess. <laughs> and then, you know, you went, then we went up and up through all this dark timber zigzag back and forth then got on the ridge that ended up being behind our camp, and then it was probably a mile this way, and then it, we went up and made a turn, and then it was a mile back. So I, I couldn't tell you. Okay, now we're gonna get to the nitty gritty. So you get in the neck, the first you, you get in there that night. You guys are setting up camp, mm-hmm. looking at all these elk and stuff. First morning, what's what happens? What's your plan? Well, so my plan, like you and I had talked about it, was just to kind of glass and see what was going on. And I, I, I was, you know, they said, don't, you know, don't go down in there and like, you know, you might blow all the elk out of there and then you'll end up not seeing anything the rest of the week. So the first two days I just sat with my dad, but that, that, that um, was like. One of those things where, it, well, I'll tell you, the, the on the first day, um, I think maybe my, like, being overzealous might have cost my dad a bull. I mean, he ended up missing. Who knows if he did it now anyway, but I <laughs> give him shit because he missed. But, um, like, I knew that I was the liability, right? So, it wasn't like, I, I didn't want to go wreck everybody else's hunt based on, you know, me wanting to be like all gung ho, like that right. would, that just wasn't, you know, that wouldn't have been very nice. Um, but turned out that we had decent cell phone service out there, especially to, to text. So we had noticed that like the first night. So the, the, but when we got in there, so the 
Kyle, they went a mile all the way over to that spruce. And my dad and I sat up in that saddle and then the other guys set up on the, the knob. So right at 7.20, I guess, uh, Kyle shot a bull. And then an hour later, his dad shot a bull. And then on that knob, uh, Matt had had one in his sights and it had to be four on one side or a five inch brow tie. Um, and so Matt couldn't make that one legal, so he didn't shoot. And then I don't know if it was that day. I think it was that day. He shot and he missed. And But at new, uh, at 11 o'clock, I turned on my phone and it said, you know, Kyle shot a bull, two bulls down, <laughs> you know, like that mm-hmm. quick. And so my, my dad and I, we were sitting there and we were glassing like 800 yards over here. Um, we seen elk going across the mountain, you know, over to where Tom and Kyle were. And then, um, you know, later on way up top, there was elk across the way. And that was the ones that were like, you know, 1400, 1200 yards away. And then my dad saw some down way down in the bottom and, uh, he, he just seen him skirt through. And I turned my phone on and that's when I got that message. So I was like, well, shit, I'll try and give it a, so I called Tom and, and he's like, <laughs> he, so this is a guy, right? That like, if we were to do this again, I would pay the money to, for Frank to go just to have these two guys in camp. Cause they're like the same person. <laughs> they tell stories with like, oh, you know, uh, Joe Malaki, he used to live over on this. He used to drive a red Ford, you know. You remember, right? It's like the what, Herbert Road. Yeah, yeah. What year was that? Well, that was 1974. Like, you know how old I am. Well, you know, <laughs> like how the hell would I know that? Well, you know what I'm talking about. The same guy. They're the same guy. So it would have been great. Well, I call him and he's like, he's like, we're 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 over here. We're cutting up Kyle's bull. We got it a quarter of the way done. Mine's over there. It's dead, sitting in the sun. It's a fucking mess. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, "Do you want some help?" And he's like, "No, no. Uh, don't don't wreck your hunt to come help us. But but it's a mess." <laughs> so I'm like, "Well, I'll head over there." My dad saw some elk in the bottom. We'll give it about an hour, and then I'll I'll head over. And that would have made it about noon. Well, about eleven forty five. Coming up out of that bottom, 11 elk just come screaming by. They were like maybe 100 yards away, 80 yards away. But it was like cow, spike, 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 cow, spike, cow, spike. And so there was four spikes in the group and they went running across and they went into those aspens and then they went in. We seen them like creeping back across this dark timber. So I'm like, well. My dad's like, are you going to go help Tom? I'm like, yeah, I'll go. And he's like, kind of, I don't know if he was packing up his stuff to like go or what. And I'm like, well, why don't you go? We'll set up over here on this point of this dark timber right here. Because if they're milling around in there or whatever, that's where those other elk went. So, you know, maybe they'll be over there. Well, <laughs> it, it was, he was, he was hurting. Like when I went. When we went over there, and then I knew they were around the other way, so I just side-held around rather than go all the way up. And and then Pat and Matt had heard that they shot those bulls, so they were going to come. And they thought I knew exactly where they were at, and I'm like, I don't know where they're at. I just, 
I know that they're around here and I didn't want to go up there. So they just followed me and then we saw them and went down there. But why I think that that might have been uh, detrimental is when after, so I went over there and they had the one bull pretty much all taken care of. They were just finishing it up. You know, we gave our high fives and all that stuff, took some pictures. And then I went over to the other elk and started cutting it up. And so they, we did the gutless method. Um, and so that one, I just kind of helped skin it and I didn't really, well, you know, I watched them and helped did everything. And like, that was worth the price of the whole trip. Like having the experience of like seeing like what a freaking big animal and like a big undertaking and like having to do two at once, um, you know, like what that all entailed, like super cool experience. But, um, we, I go back around, those guys were like, well, I'm going to go down the trail. And they waited, uh, right as we were finishing up that one, they had already called the, the packer guy. And so he came back there with the mules and was picking it up. And I'm like, well, you guys are all set. I'm going to go find my dad. Well, my dad wasn't where I left him. So he had moved back and he was setting up in this bush. So I got in that and I almost, he's like, you almost killed me. Um, we got set up in this bush and we were looking down where those elk had crossed and where we'd seen them, we could shoot to the Aspens. But in my head, and I'd heard like a, I don't know, like a faint bugle or like a, you know, just like a, a elk noise, like a, you know. And uh, so I look over my shoulder and I was thinking, you know, they said, pay attention right here. And they said, if you're just patient, if you just sit in one spot all week, you'll probably get a shot at an elk. Well, I look and there's freaking elk right up in that little saddle, like right in front of where we were sitting, you know. So I'm look up there and it's just a spike. I'm like, hey, there's a spike. I turn back and there's a freaking giant elk in there. So I'm like, get, get over here, get get the gun, you know. And it was like, mm, pretty, pretty. 300 yards away to 250 somewhere in there. And, uh, I get him in front of me and, you know, gets the gun up and I'm, I'm like, no, there's two They're you know, they're going. And they went, I mean, they had have been probably 90 yards from where we were sitting earlier in the morning. So it's like, if we wouldn't have moved, but maybe if there wasn't that commotion or whatever, they wouldn't have been up there, you right. know, six and one and a half, a dozen, the other, but. Were they so, spooked? I I think that they just knew that they shouldn't hang out in that field. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because yeah. it wasn't it, like down on this side of the mountain, they just came up along the edge of this oak brush. Mm-hmm. And then it went into like a little bit of like of a grass pasture. And that led up to the, that saddle and down over to the next thing. So I think it was just like a transition area, you know, but. But just being able to like help break down those elk and everything was was super cool. Like that was a great experience. And that night they came back and we um, they kept the heart out of one of them. Tom shot the heart twice on his, so there was nothing left of it. Um, and then we ate heart the next night that Tuesday night. But yeah, so as far as like my plan, it was like leave these elk that we had. In front of us. And so the first two days I sat with my dad uh, along that place. And because there had been a lot of snow 
And then down in that bottom, you know, with the north facing and all that stuff, there was still a bunch of snow down there. And you could see these runways. And so the third day, um, I had gone down in there. And my dad's like, make sure you're back up here by, you know, by dark or whatever. Because he was worried I was going to get hurt or something like that. So I went down there and I sat in the saddle. I sat in that dryad saddle down in that bottom. And it was kind of like messed up. Like you remember um, we went to Idaho and the guy, they were talking about hunting. He was talking about how he'd like go down in those really like shitty bottoms. Mm -hmm. Like that's like kind of like what this was. But the wind was like, I was like, I don't know how to hunt the wind. In these bottoms, you know, you think about, oh, the thermals come up, but w- when you're in a, a like deep cut like that, it's like, well, it's coming down over here and going up over there. It's not going up both ways. And then the wind is just, whistling the wind was mm-hmm. whistling and creating a swirl. So I'm like, I don't really know if this is like where I need to be. But I sat there until like noon, two, three o'clock. And when Matt had shot at the one, must have been the second day when he shot at the one because he said he was covered up in cows and they came around and they were right below our camp and they could hear the cows whine, you know, mewing and all that. And so he's like, well, I can't do anything. I walked along that bottom and found a nice little grass meadow down there. And, you know, there was so much elk sign, John, there were so much, so many rubs and so much, I mean, tracks everywhere. It wasn't like, oh man, there's elk tracks. It was like, you can't, I mean, there's elk tracks through our camp. Like, right. like it, it, there was just, there was a lot of elk there. Um, and so then I found that sp- spot and I'm like, oh, this has to be where those elk were like right below our camp. I can see where that one elk was bedded, you know, right, right there. And so I'm like, tomorrow I'm coming down here. Well, that fourth day it was a fucking blizzard like it was snowing well it, it oh okay this is funny too so the first night we had to cut up all the firewood when we were in there so we cut that all up stack it all in there well they stacked it and it kind of leaned over and one of the pieces was touching the stove we wake up in the middle of the night or Matt does, you know, in the the stove would last like two or three hours. So anytime, anytime anybody woke up or you had to pee, like you just got up and put wood in the fire. Well, like it was fucking Matt wakes up and he's like smoking. It, the whole tent was full of smoke. And he's like, he's like, is anybody seeing this? Am I the only one that's seeing this? Kyle jumps out of bed and he's doing the fucking belly crawl because he's like training sets in right he's like to stop drop and roll get low so he, he like crawls over to the tent the edge of the tent and unzips it and lets the, lets the smoke out lets the smoke out and like the rest of us are just like looking around um <laughs> but it was and then they took the piece of wood yeah they took the piece of wood outside outside that was smoldering, smoldering yes but that that the night going into just throw that it night, in the stove yeah, you probably should have. You know. But but that night, going into that blizzard day, the wind was like it was like going to lift our tent up. Like it not it was knocking shit down off of because we had clothes hanging up and the la- knocked the lantern down. My bow was just like 
I got up and had to take my bow down because I'm like, it's going to come crashing down. But it was just, it was terrible. Like, and that was the day that I went down the bottom and nobody saw a single elk that day. And that was, that was the fourth day. So I had told them like the, I said, you know, we had talked about it on here, like, you know, last day you'll probably grab a gun or whatever. And so then after Tom had shot that, Tom and Kyle shot those ones the first day, I said, last day, I'm just going to take your gun and I'm going to go down there and I'm going to shoot one. Oh, okay. And then like, you know, I think once I, when I came back up out of that bottom, cause I stayed down there until like three, four o'clock and I had like two inches of snow on me and the, you know, it was, it was kind of cool, kind of eerie, you know, like where you've probably seen it on TV when you're like looking out over the mountains or whatever, and you can see like the weather mm-hmm. you, and even like sometimes like I know in California, like when you're down, like closer to sea level and you look up and you can see like, oh, there's bad shit going on up there. Well, that's what it was like. And I didn't want to get stuck down in that bottom. And then I, I was wearing just my puffy. And I was using my um, outer jacket, same one that you've got, mm-hmm. wrapped around my legs. I had freaking uh, boot warmers on my boots, and then I had socks pulled over my toes on my boots. I'm just sitting down there freezing. Um, but then, like I said, the weather wasn't letting up, so I was like, well, I need to get up there or out of here before, you know, I get mm. gets too slippery. So you went down in there two days? Yeah. Yep. So I sat with my dad for two days. I went down on the bottom and like hunted, you know, where I, where I thought the elk were, were moving through. And I think I just picked two bad days, you know, and then as more pressure, you know, came in and, you know, we saw less and less elk as the the, right. the week went right. on. Right. So. The are so you said, did your dad missed one then? Yeah. So. What day was that? The last day. Oh. So. Um. The the day before, so that uh, that third day, so Matt must have missed one the the first day or the second day. And then the third day, he went all the way over to that spruce, and uh, they had seen some elk in the morning, I believe. And then they said, you know, all the the guy that owns the place, he said. You know, all that bulls are usually killed by 1030. He's like, after 1030, you know, wait till the evening. Like, nothing's going on. So, uh, um, it was like 10 o'clock. And they're like, oh, we're not going to see anything. So, they move the gun aside and put the sticks down. And they're making coffee. And Matt's buddy, Kyle, he's like, bull. And these are like, he said, like 90 yards away, like right below him coming up to him so he just gets the gun up and puts it on there shoots and uh kyle's like uh you hit him and then he spun around and he shot him and that time he did hit him and then he shot at him again and missed went down there and just found like a couple little like little spots of blood and they tracked him you know as far as they could find blood there was no significant blood you know, just like little specks of blood. So I don't know if I just nicked them or, or what. Um, so yeah, that's what happened there. 
So then the last day, I said, Tom, I'm just going to take your gun, go down there if that's still all right. He's like, oh, absolutely, absolutely. So I got a tutorial on the Ruger M77, went went down there and got set up. And So how far, so in that out, what was, what was the yardage on the shot? The one that I shot? Yeah. Uh, it was like 265. And so it was in that same bowl where that spruce was. And so if I would have t- taken my bow and went down there that day, I would have set up probably underneath that spruce. Because basically where that where my bull died and where I shot him was, he died 175 yards from that spruce. And to the point of the aspens, because it was this big bowl, there was a point right here that came down that was 250, 275. That was aspens. And then there was another uh, ridge that was 400 yards. And then past that, there was another ridge that was like 800 yards. So it was like a big finger, like crow's foot or whatever that came down. Well, he came over that first ridge, over to the second ridge, and came right up at the point of those aspens. Well, that would have been like 125 yards there, so I would have had no shot. If I'd have went down into those aspens, the wind was blowing from that way. So it would have just been, I may not have even seen him. Or he might have, you know, winded me or whatever. Right. So, whatever. But so I'm sitting there and I'm by myself. I got I t- I'd taken my binos out of the bino harness, took my rangefinder out, and uh, got the gun on some. Uh, Matt had the same trekking poles that we have, but they make like a little thing that goes on either one of them that locks them together, like a mm, like a uh, tripod, yeah, or a bipod, yeah. So he had that, so I set it up, sitting there, and it was like it was like watching one like little caribou or like reindeer like come across. It was so far away, and I'm like looking through the binoculars, and uh, I was like, it, it looks like a spike. And uh, John walked by my antlers in the in the garage, and he's making fun of him. But I even told those guys, I said, I think the white tail I killed was bigger than those. I mean, doesn't have the mass, but we had the picture <laughs> Frank sent me. I was like, "Oh, it's not a bad bull." And then I walked in, and I'm like, "Well, that's definitely had some shrinkage in the picture." <laughs> <laughs> but so I, I'm I lost him in the binoculars because he went down below the, where those aspens were, and they had said that they would get up on that other side, like on the military crest of that one on the backside where you couldn't see him, then squirt out the bottom. And it was like 330 yards to the bottom. And so I'm like, I'm like, well, I seen an elk, you know? And then I got the gun up cause I was trying to see like, what, what could I see? What does it look like you're there? Cause it only had a nine power scope on it. My binoculars were 10 and you get, you know, you have a much wider field of could view. Could you tell when you're, you know, glass him, could you tell he was a legal bull? Well, no, that was the thing. So I, I brought the gun up because I thought I lost him and I was just looking. And then I seen the body of the elk and he was just standing there looking around. He had his nose up and he was smelling. He was looking up at that spruce. It was like somebody there. Right. Um, and uh, then when he turned his head, I saw a third, I saw something out in front of his antlers. So I was like, well, He's legal, so I got the gun up, 
and I, I found him in the gun. I'm like, oh man, I still can't tell, you know, I'm like, I don't know. So I got the, then I put the binoculars down, grab the rangefinder, put the rangefinder up. It was like 260 something. So I'm like, okay, they're shooting. He's this two inches high at 300 or something. So then I put, get the gun back up and now all of a sudden he's turned and he's like coming down. I'm like, mm, shoot. And the fucker goes down. And I'm like, well, I hit him, <laughs> you know, and did you shoot him in the neck. <laughs> no, well, well, that's what's, that's what's that's funny. Normal. That, that's what's funny <laughs> is so I, I rack it and, uh, I, and then I look up and he's getting up and I'm like, oh man, so I get back on the gun and I shoot again, come off the gun and I rack another one in. Well, the, the shell didn't eject and it's stuck on the end of the bolt. So I'm fucking around with that. Get back in there. And like they said, well, I, I didn't hear him say this, but the, they said the guides like at the lodge said, shoot them until they stop Ooh. moving. So He's running away now, and I get on the gun, shoot again, and then I had the same thing, and I had a fuck of a time getting it off there, and then I got back in there, and then I couldn't see him. He, was, he wasn't he was there anymore. So I'm like, whoa, fuck. You know, I'm like, I shot him, and he went, like, right down, like, Bambi on ice, you know? Right. And uh, so then I get the binoculars up, and I'm like, I'm like, did that just really happen? And then I'm like. I shot one with a gun. Fuck. And then, <laughs> so I'm like looking through the binoculars, like trying to, I, and trying to like even place like where everything went down, like trying to get my bearings. So that way when you get over there, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, I mean, it's a ways away and you got to go down and right. up and. Everything's going to look completely different when you get over there. So I get like, I not where he went down. I can see now. Okay, there's a big scuff mark there. I mean, you can see. You know, so you know what you could have used, right? Your basement remote marker. Yeah, I wasn't thinking about it. it was a fucking Chinese fire drill, man. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> yeah, because I, you knew it was two sixty or whatever. Yeah, and then you could have used the azimuth, looked over there, place marker, and then you would have been able to walk right to that spot. Yeah, it would have been really cool. Um, but, too, a little too much adrenaline, me. But I mean, it was just like <laughs> yard sale shit just out the window. <laughs> well, that's that's exactly what it was. I mean, because again, like the last—that's the last thing that I expected. And like, you know me, like it, it, in incredibly bad taste. Like, and I feel really bad for Matt because you know he put in the time. He had you know figured out what bullets best shot out of his gun and all the stuff. And when everything was all said and done, we'll go through finding them and everything. But like when everything was all said and done, I said, and that's why I bow hunt because all you got, you don't even got a sight in your rifle. You just pick it up off the, you just grab somebody else's gun, go out and shoot an elk. You know, <laughs> I told you guys it was just that easy. And, <laughs> and Matt's like, yeah, fuck you. Yeah, I know. I was like, <laughs> oh, what a dick. But, but yeah, so I mean, it was it was like a it was it was like a yard sale because I had all the stuff and I'm like, <gasps> you know, and so anyways, I'm glassing and then I see like in this brush pile like what looks to be an elk, but he looks he's laying the wrong way. So I'm like, man, is he like bedded up? Like I couldn't tell if his head was up or, and so like I'm like, 
on, and then I'm trying to get on the gun and back and forth. Like, can I see any better? I'm like, I don't know. It just looks kind of like that. So I called those guys, and I was like, hey, I just shot a bull. Like, I'm pretty sure he's legal, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's legal. I think he's dead. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's that 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 was the, the, the things that were going through my mind. And uh, then I called Frank, and Frank's in a tree. And so he's like, what's up? And I'm like, I just shot a bull. I'm like, I had to shoot him with a gun. He's like, what? I'm like, I shot him with a gun. <laughs> but it was like going, <laughs> you know, it was breaking up and shit, you know? So I was then, trying to be quiet. Right. <laughs> so then the, did you call me right after that then? I didn't call you till I found him. I was say, because I thought you said something about your, your just found him. Or- yeah. So I, I called those guys and. They said, they said, what do you want us to do? And I said, well, we'll just give it an hour. I'm like, I'm like, I was, I was thinking because he went down like that. And when he was trying to get up, his back legs weren't working real awesome. I was like, well, he's going to be easy to track anyway. I mean, he's, I don't think he's going to be going, you know, far up, up a long ways. So, um, I was like, we'll give it an, we'll give it an hour. So I waited like. I don't know. I'd say like 10 minutes, just like on the glasses, like trying to figure out. And the thing that I saw that looked the most elkish over there hadn't moved and hadn't done anything. So I got out my stuff and I made some coffee and sat there and drank the coffee. And then like, that's when you could have done the basement thing. Yeah. I, I, I realized that now, John, I did it like literally didn't even cross my mind to do, to do that. I like try and mark. You needed caffeine. I, I I just needed like I just needed like a minute because I was like I was like I don't again I, that was like the last thing that I expected to happen I just expected to go over there and sit <laughs> you know like the day before but um actually I I figured that that would be would have been a good spot that day because the first day was sunny and nice and that's when they shot those bulls the day that matt uh hit one over there it was really sunny and nice and the day before was like really shitty and not very and it was supposed to be a nice day so it was like every, every day that it was nice they bulls, they, 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 they saw they saw bulls or, or saw bulls yeah so i was like well i mean it's going to be the best chance but you know i never shot it I mean, I've, you know, I shot a lot of M16s at 200 yards or whatever, but I've never shot at anything alive or, you know, animals at over 100 yards, 80 yards, I think. So, it wasn't my gun, <laughs> you know, I... Just go show you, <laughs> fucking gun hunting's too easy. <laughs> well, and... And so it it was just it was just odd, but anyway. So they, I just just finished up my coffee, and they said, "Well, we're on our way." So I was like, "Well, I'll pack up my stuff and I'll go down there because at least we'll have an idea of what's going on." So I packed up all my stuff and I went down there and saw the big old scuff mark, and I kept, you know, my eyes and the gun over on where I thought there was a dead thing, which the blood led over there. So I was like, okay. And then I went in there maybe 
20 yards or something. And then I seen the one front point and I seen a split on the other side. And I was like, oh, he's legal and he's dead. So I went over there and I was like, okay, cool. Was so that what you were looking at? Was yeah. it, was yeah. it him? Yeah. But it, I could just see like the back of the, like the butt section. Mm-hmm. And so what I ended up doing is that first shot, he was quartered to me mm-hmm. and I had put it like behind the shoulder well, I pulled and I must have pulled high. And so it went like right through his, like between his hips in the back and like out his asshole. Like, <laughs> so <laughs> wow. So he broke his back and probably blew that artery, his rear arteries. And so I would guess, but then he was like up like this. And when he died, he died on his right side facing up. And so we, when they got there, I had, uh, had him already halfway skinned. Did you hit him any other time? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. When we flipped him over, um, I I just kind of like grazed him or whatever. Because it looked like a beautiful shot, like behind the shoulder um, on, the, on that right side that he was laying on. And that would have been the side that he was like going up the hill with. But there wasn't an exit wound on the other side. But when we took the heart out, there was like a 30 caliber graze, you know, 30 caliber hole just on the other side of the heart. So it must have just went in and out that same thing. But where it went in and out was the only thing it hit in there was the heart. Hmm. So how far did he go then from the initial shot? 50 yards, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Did he bleed a lot? Not really. No. Inside, no. there was a lot of blood. Like when, when he, because Kyle cut the heart out, he had a little saw and took the two ribs and just folded them down and cut the heart out, and it was just all full of blood. But we cut, we did the gutless method on that one too. So it was. Did you get to inner loins? It's cool. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Kyle and his, uh, uh, <laughs> um, uh, humor. So Kyle shot the big bull, right? Yeah. He shot a really big, it's like a 300 inch, six by five six. by six. Five by six. Yep. But it had both like the back points on it. It just didn't have the one of the missing. But a ton of mass. Yeah. And then his dad shot a five by four. And then I shot a three by five, uh, which so you is, guys went is generous. Three for six. Well, yeah, but they count mats as a, because once you draw blood, you're done. You're done, and so they they count that as a kill. A kill. Um, and then so after all was said and done, my dad was up on that knob, and uh, he came down to get a cup of coffee, like at lunchtime, and he seen everybody walking back, and he's like, "What? What's going on?" So he didn't even know that I shot a bull. Mm. So we're sitting down there you know, carrying on whatever my dad had gone back up there. And all of a sudden we heard a shot up there and he, he shot at a really nice bull. But on that side, it was all that oak scrub and they just kind of like appear over the ridge and then they disappear into that oak scrub. And, you know, he was up there, realized that it was legal and then try to make a quick shot and just missed. Hmm. His his rifle got banged around pretty good, he said. 
and he was missing like the rear scope cap on it. So he's like, I don't even know if it's still on, but <laughs> sounds like an excuse to me. But, <laughs> but, but I mean, it was an awesome experience. Like I said, that first day, just being able to, you know, experience cutting them up and yeah, breaking them down, breaking them yeah. down, and, and and getting your hands on them like that, and like and seeing it. And, and besides that, I bet you we saw that first day. I bet you we saw thirty elk or more. And it's one of the things where you know what we did was awesome, but we didn't get to really observe any elk. We no. we it was like it was a lot more like turkey hunting than it was like anything else. And and this was really like whitetail hunting elk. It was just like sit there and wait. And they weren't I mean the those guys heard a couple bugles the first day and then we heard a couple other bugles. Um but they the guys that were up there on that knob were thinking because way off in the distance we could see a, a camp and then over here we could we we saw another guy walking around and stuff and they thought that they were bugling and so it was hard they said this it was like it was like every 7 minutes like on the dot like <laughs> bugle 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 so they didn't know if that was really elk or if that was another guy or, so it was Doug Foodie out there yeah <laughs> so but they weren't there i mean these were just they weren't rutting they were just doing elk things. So being able to observe elk and like I say, where we were at, you know, there's a big knob and dark timber and, you know, sporadic. Uh, and a lot of elk. Yeah. Obviously well, if you're shooting, you know, five guys got shots, right? Mm-hmm. One guy got two sets of shots, you know? Right. So. So with all that going on and you're still now, so could you hear those guys shoot? Yeah. Oh yeah. So you just didn't know. Yeah. When we didn't know who was shooting, I mean, because right. there was, I mean, imagine, and, and this is something that I do. Could you say. hear the other camp? Well, that's what that was my yeah. question. Yeah. Was. You could hear the lodge shoot. Like yeah. where we were at, we could see the stable, but it was like miles away, you right. know? Um, And so like, like the one night when the, the blizzard kind of like subsided, because there was another day that it snowed, and when that stopped and it got sunny, it was like, but it was a lot like opening day of rifle season, like on a smaller scale, just because there weren't so many people so close. Mm-hmm. Um, but like that, w- what we did there, like the having the camp and having the guys there and having the like you know, busting your balls and all that stuff. Like that's something that I really miss. Like from like when we used to go up to our camp and, and, mm-hmm. you know, back in the heyday, um, that was just super cool. I mean, imagine, you know, so we haven't heard too much about your elk hunt, but you, that must be like the way that it is with you guys with the uh, camp. Oh yeah. You know? Yeah. It was, you know, we were, you know, seven miles in from the trailhead, you know, it's all trails in there, but I mean, where we camped, we were seven miles in, you know, you had to ride a four wheeler in seven miles, but the way our camp was set up, we had a, uh, like a cook tent, you know, and then we had the, the tent, we, uh, four of us slept in one and then 
John and uh, Brian slept in another tent, but we brought, you know, real food. Mm-hmm. I mean, we we ate good. You know, I had my flat top, my uh, my pit boss, twenty two inch, mm-hmm. and then we had Chris bought me the Seth McGinn. That was a long time ago, and you had oh, yeah. never used it. Never That's used the can cooker, dude. and it was the greatest greatest thing you ever. You know, if you had chili or goulash or anything like that, just throw it in the, the Seth, man, and, and turn the burner on, you know, and it, it works great, you know. We had the, uh, uh, um, off of Dan's Elk, we had the, we ate the interloins wrapped in bacon, you know, on the, on the flat top and stuff, you know, it was, but we, we cooked stuff. I made pancakes, you know, eggs, bacon, whatever, you know, I mean, we had a, we had what a about ball. The hunting though? The hunting was, you know, it's, you know, uh, I think the first few days, you know, is the best because, you know, you just get, there's, there's quite a few guys, you know, out there and, and the milk just get in, in there's, you know, not numbers like where you were, you know, and, uh, so, and we had some bulls bugling, you know, and, and. I mean, you know, uh, Dan Dan had uh, a nice bull come in, your brother, you know, and uh, never got a shot at him. Had him at 28 yards and, you know, took off, didn't get a shot. Uh, Brian missed a five by, big 5x5 five five at, at 20 yards, hit a tree, and he said the trees were like three feet apart. And we said, well, how'd you hit it? I don't know. He said, I was shooting right in between him at 20 yards and hit the tree, and it were all broken, too, and was gone. And then. Uh, Shoot like I did. <laughs> John saw, Big John saw, you know, some uh, spikes and cows and stuff, you know. And then moose. He got, like, 10 yards from a moose, dude. And it was doing the, the grunt thing, you know. Mm-hmm. And he. uh I said, did you get a picture of John? He goes, fuck no. I turned around and ran. <laughs> he was, I, was, I was huffing it, man. <laughs> you don't want to mess with them big gummies. <laughs> so then, and then uh, Danny Wilkes, uh, he he uh, had a big cow come in with two spikes with her the one day. And uh, he passed on her because he figured, you know, it was going to be too much of a bitch to get her out of there. Well, the elk that your brother shot was up above that. Even farther? Yes. Yes, it was farther yet. <laughs> so Danny says, ah, oh, hell, we, we could have got this one out here. I said, you know, hey, you know. And then Ern called the one in and had a cow at 20 yards, never got a shot. And then uh, I had, I never actually saw a, a, an elk, but I had him. One bugling really close to us. You did know? you did you hear that story? <laughs> we, clowns, we, clowns. <laughs> now we we went. We were on this edge of this. I mean, it was a steep bitch going down this dark timber, and we were at you know like right up, right around ten thousand feet, you know, on top of it. So what we did was we went up to the edge. I got down here and. Ern was here, and then Danny was, you know, back behind us, you know, like turkey hunting, you know. And he's calling and bugling, you know. And we did this for 
We sat there for, you know, an hour, hour and a half. Then he came up and got us, and he said, well, let's just work our way down the ridge. You know, we'll just work way back this way towards this one thing of meadows, you know. So the whole time, we'd go, you know, 7,500 yards, we'd call, listen. Because we had heard a bull down below there earlier. That's why we had set up there. So we, we kept doing that, you know, and more, you know, time goes on, time goes on. We get back to this one spot, you know, where we're standing there. And Ernie looks down below and he goes, is that a, like a pond down there, you know, water? You know, and it was like a bitch steep, you know. And Dan goes, yeah, I think it is, you know. And he looks at me and he goes, on a scale of one to ten, he says, you going down there or not? And I said, fucking oh. <laughs> zero. <laughs> I said, zero, dude, I'm staying up here. I says, I'm not going down there just to look at that water. So him and Ernie said, okay, well, we'll go down there. You cut back across this little, it was a, you know, like <laughs> that kind of flattened out and there was like a little valley there, you know, in a valley on the other side. I said, I'll go over there and do some calling, you know, because they were going to plan on sitting there till you know, dark. Mm -hmm. So they walked down there. They started down there and I went over here. So I st I'm saying to myself, you know, I'm sitting there, I'm going, well, I'm going to wait till Danny calls, you know before I do anything. So, all of a sudden I hear, the old bugle, you know, okay, he's calling. So, I started, I started cow calling a little bit and I bugle, you know, and bugle again, you know, and okay, you know, so then, I didn't hear him anymore, you know, I, I kept calling a little bit, you know, and finally, you know, it was getting toward dark, well, they come up out of there, you know, and then when we went all the way out and got on for it, then we had to go back to camp, you know, which is probably a 30, 30, 40 minute ride. I don't know, maybe more. Get back to camp and we're sitting there eating, you know, and bullshitting, you know. And I said, Yeah, I said, I, I waited till you called, you know. And he goes, He looks at me and he goes, I didn't fucking call. <laughs> that wasn't me. I said, what? I said, yeah, it was. And he goes, no, I didn't call. He said, I thought it was you. And I goes, that some bitch and bull had followed us all the way along there. You know what I mean? And then when we shut up, see. He was looking for you. Yeah. It's like yeah. A, just like the and, and he ended up getting, getting their win, see. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, he says, I said, yeah, I waited for you to call. And he goes, I didn't call. <laughs> Clowns. Yeah. Well, then when they went in to get Dan's uh, cow, you know, the meat, uh, they left me off kind of in the same place, you know, but I was, there was a creek that went down through there and stuff and off this one uh, meadow, you know, and everything, you know, and, so I get in down in there and I set up and because I figured they were going to be gone, you know, a couple hours, you know. So I'm, I'm down in there and man, it was perfect. The wind was coming down to me, you know. So everything up above in the dark stuff right up here, you know, I figured, you know, I'd draw. So I, I hung my bow up on this tree and I was sitting on a log and I started calling. I did some cow calling, you know, and then a bugle. And then I cow called a little bit more. All of a sudden, I hear this goddamn breaking shit coming down, you know, to me, and uh, and then it like it was stopped, you know, and I cow called a couple more times, started again, 
so I got my bow, you know, <laughs> I got got her off the hook and I got, got them ready, you know. And then I didn't call no more, but it, it just like, I, I could hear it getting closer and closer and closer in the stick shit. All of a sudden, the freaking wind just, it just like pulled up from behind me and just, you know, mm-hmm. goes in there, gone. Some bitch is gone, just like that. Did you ever hear it besides, did it bark or anything? No. Uh-uh. So I think it was a, I think it was, you know, just the bull and it got spooked, you know, but, and then, uh, but everybody, you know, I mean, it was a, it's a good trip, you know, I mean, we had a great camp, you know, the roads are a motherfucker though. Oh my God. It's just like, they're all rocks. I mean, that, the one place where Dan saw, uh, that, Five by five that you know he didn't get a shot at, and and then that uh, Brian shot at that other five by five. That coming off that trail, the trail's a pain in the ass. But then you know, you've got it's an hour and something, you know, off the trail and getting them up them rocks back to to camp and shit. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's you know, it beats shit out of you, but. You're all public land. So, yeah. was it the property you're on public land? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is it like landlocked or is it, can anyone? Pretty much. I was going to say, because, you know, that many elk there like that, you know. Yeah. It's, it's just surrounded by privates. So. I, I don't I don't know how, like, um, I know the corner that we were on was landlocked. And I, I don't know how far it goes till there's, like, access. Um, but his, like, so their stables that are up above, like right off of that, there's like a little gate. And as soon as you go off of that and it's like maybe like a hundred yards from where the edge of the horse pastures are and then it's, it's public, but, but you can't I don't know it. how you would get it, get in there. Yeah. Helicopter. Yeah. Yeah. Have them drop in. Yeah. So, so do they have like archery hunts too? Or is they it- do. Um, and so they they do like fully guided or drop camp archery hunts but it doesn't sound like they had too much interest in it so nobody they didn't do one out of that camp this year really yeah but i think like what you're paying for is like access to the elk basically and the the ride in right mm-hmm. you know but so you were liable by to buy your own tags mm-hmm and that's just over the counter. Yep. Uh, well, it was a draw. It was, it was a draw. Yep. And they said it was like, uh, they said you didn't have to like put in for points or anything like that. But he said, so that particular hunt, that camp, he said is like booked out to like twenty twenty five or something is the next opening. But he said he thinks by that time you it'll require a draw. Like he said, it'll Make be a point. point. But I don't know. I it exceeded my expectations, even maybe more so just for like the camp. But like being able to, like you know, we joke around, you know, with Frank saying like, you know, turkeys doing turkey shit. Like it was a real good experience to watch elk do elk shit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like. 
we've we've been fortunate to you know spend our whole lives watching deer do deer shit i mean and we still can't figure it out. Yeah, I can't figure <laughs> the deer shit out. Things. But, you know, it's... I it, guess we're fucking with it. it you, know. you know, in like a, going back to where we hunted, well, you, you were on the other side last year over there. Mm-hmm. You know, we went the other 10 days. But where this is, um, and I and I say, I think the, the hunting, the first three, four days, you know, is going to be the best. But what we what we tried to do was, you know, we'd go into a place where we'd find elk or elk sign, you know, on a lot of it, you know, and then we would hunt there, and then we'd go back to camp, you know, and do that hour and a half or whatever, you know what I mean, on them trails. So so next year, what we plan on doing is getting bigger, you know, tents for yourself. You know what I mean? To make it more comfortable, more livable. You know what I mean? Instead of, you know, sleeping in a tube or whatever. You know what I mean? The burrito? Yeah. Going to get a going to get a regular, you know, like a, uh, a guide tent. You know what I mean? And when we do find the elk, you know, we're going to have enough stuff, you know, where we can stay there for a couple of days or whatever, you know, at that point, you know. We're just going to go. So when you come out of the woods at night, you just get in your tent. You know what I mean? You don't have to get on the four wheeler and go back and, you know, eat. And, and then you're, you're, you know what I mean? Cause you're, you're spending a lot of time traveling and, and then, you know, the other, mm-hmm. you know, so. Well, I mean, think about that first year when we were in Ohio, like how whooped we were from all the travel. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, not John, he was done hunting, yeah, drinking. I mean, and, you know, yeah. All that stuff. Going to lodges and stuff, you know. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, what I'm saying is is I think we could make it a lot more easy on your, you know, on yourself, you know what I mean, by doing this. Because we, Danny and I and, and uh, Ern talked about it, you know, and we're going to, we're going to change up a little bit, you know, like I said, you know, I mean, go with a little more gear, you know what I mean? And, and a little more comfortable gear for being out there like that, you know. But the 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 camp worked out great. I mean, we had that was that was cool. That big tent, you know, and and uh, it was it was nice, you know. And then doing the cooking right there, you know, and everything, it was you know really convenient. So, John, on a scale of one to ten. How disappointed are you in me? <laughs> well, I wouldn't say disappointed. I'm just, it, when I think about it, I think about it's kind of like, you You actually said it, what I, what, what I was thinking. Like, well, he's going with his bow, but on the last day he's going to say, screw it, I'm just going with a gun. <laughs> and so it's like, and and I understand you couldn't just go down in there and hunt like you wanted because you'd end up blowing out the right the the property basically of that valley for everybody in the group. So it's and so I guess you weren't selfish in that point, but I probably would have been. <laughs> <laughs> but no, no, I don't blame you. I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to come home. You know, well, I've done it. 
a yeah. few times now. But, but it wasn't. I've done it twice. But it wasn't like you were also like you could have shot one with, it, you know, it, if you'd have just had a gun, you would have shot them, but you opted not to. Or it would, I guess, I guess the only thing I would, I would say, it would almost be like saying, well, we only shoot, uh, you know, branch bulls and we don't shoot spikes or cows. And like, oh, I passed on a cow because I'm only going to shoot a bull or, you know, like having the opportunity to kill something, you know what I mean? And, right. and not, and like I said, it, it, it's just like the way that it happened is just like the furthest thing from like, it wasn't like there were all these elk out there that we saw every day at the same place. And it was like, okay, well now I just go out there with a gun. I mean, in, in truth, it's kind of like the way that it happened, but it wasn't like, it wasn't just a given. I mean, obviously my dad missed, you know, Matt struggled. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I was trying to look up because last time I looked at my Montana alternate list, I was 39. Oh. And that was a couple weeks ago. So I could be basically, and I think the, the season goes to November 28th. I'll, I'll tell you this though. Um, one of the things where well, I just wanted to like kind of like drive home on this whole thing with like doing that camp that way and like, Aside from getting to see elk do elk stuff and kind of get a better idea of like how they use um, the land was, um, you know, really kind of, and, you know, getting to break down elk and getting the experience, getting hands on all that. Um, but getting to like test your gear, um, I had zero expectation of like all the snow and the weather and like dealing with with that like i knew like my my lower body like my pants situation wasn't like the warmest but i was like oh it'll probably be fine you know i'll figure it out i was fucking cold <laughs> and and then like the day that i was out all day like in a blizzard like i think about that like you remember talking to um, Greg Litzinger, when he was talking about, he went out there and like got, you know, a couple feet of snow on him, and, you know, they didn't have, they were just like you and I were like tents on your back and all that stuff. Could you imagine like not having a fire or, uh, and being X amount of miles from wherever, like you'd just be screwed. Right. Like not being able to dry out your oh, gear. Yeah. It would absolutely it, be awful. And, and so, that was also like uh, a very like uh, beneficial thing, like being able to take that away. Um, and I was thinking about like almost like a better way if you were going to do that, like, and, and there was a possibility of that, like later in the year, more, more likelihood, like instead of going in, like, like I did with just like a couple of like base layers and then like an outer shell, you're 23, 23 on the list, 23 on the list, um, would be to like go with like, just like a regular pair of pants and like a light pair of Merino, like, uh, leggings or whatever. 
thermals, and then have like a pair of puffy pants and then like rain pants, you know, to block the wind or whatever, right. if you weren't going to be moving around. And I mean, I've heard like Brunella and Giannis talk about that, but I'm like, ah, you know, I can't see, I can totally see why that would be like well, why the way to you, go. Why couldn't you do a, like a, a like set of Gore-Tex bibs or something, you know? You're that, talking weight and packing. Well, yeah, but I mean, but then you, you know, those, and those then you, but then you'd also like to single use. Yeah, you, you'd, you'd be trapping all of that heat. You couldn't walk around in them. You'd have to like get undressed to put them on. Well, get. I mean, they, they make the stuff breathable too. You know, so if you had some base layers and a fairly light set of you know like that, you know. Where that you could wear, and it would be, it would take care of the wind, you know, for you. Yeah, and, but but I think John, you know, being like the weight and packability and all that, I think you'd stuff. be better off like what Adam's saying. You layer it, and you'd use your your rain gear as a multi, because that's 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 two things instead of just the one. Mm-hmm. You know, because then that way it's blocking the wind. You got enough layers underneath, and then it's just pop it off, roll it up. Yeah, put it in then, your pack. then you're moving, and then and you're, when you're stopped, it's quick. Put it back on. Where bibs, you'd be undressed, yeah, and that's more of a single use. But it was like a really good opportunity to find like holes in my system, right. like of like what you need, what you don't need, like yeah, how you we're did. used. I mean, the, the trips that we've taken before were just early season, so yeah, and it, it got cold, but. We were also walking the whole time. Mm-hmm. It got cold when we were out there. Um, last year it snowed, you know, but this year yeah. it didn't snow, but it it hailed a lot, you know, the <laughs> one day. Rain, hail, oh, man. Danny was up, he was up on the mountain mm-hmm. that day. He was gone like seven hours. And uh, when he came back, he was soaked. But now, did everybody use jet boils? Yeah, and that was another thing. Like, it was just like the way, like, we didn't. Like, plan out, like, the way that, you know, we didn't, my dad, he had just, like, my little stove and, and cup from before, and he didn't even use it ever. No? Um, no. It, it was just one of those things where we- Did you get the bigger one? Consolidated. Yeah, I have, I have a camshaft one that's, like, similar to what you've got. Maple fire? Yeah. Whatever it is. Fire maple one. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a one liter, um- deal but but yeah i mean you know everybody had jet boils everybody like we could have so it was pretty redundant everything was redundant it, and it, it was just everybody was set up to be self-sufficient except for we hunted in pairs and we all ate together <laughs> so right, right. Right. so like you could have brought half the jet boils right figured out the food ahead of time and like okay you guys are on meal one, mm-hmm. we're on meal two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That way we carry it in. See, that's what we did when we went to camp, you know. We planned, each person planned a meal, you know. Well, and, and most of the time you'd do a meal and you would have an extra meal, you know what I mean, of the same kind. For another day, you know what I mean? Because you made enough, you know, like if we had goulash, you know what I mean? Uh, your brother brought goulash. Well, 
we had enough for two two days, you know. And then John brought chili, you know. And uh, and after a day or so of we mixed the two of them together too, you know what I mean? And had and then you guys uh, had to fucking have nose plugs for the gas <laughs> that was coming out of the can. Nah, his chili wasn't that that you know bad. Well, but I, I mean, just imagine one, when we put we put the goulash in it, it was it was really good, you know. So I mean, but then you know, I had uh, I made uh, those scrambles, you know, mm-hmm. and and then I brought uh, sausage gravy. I brought a Ziploc bags full, you know, gallon Ziplocs full of that stuff, you know, flat, you know. Now, did you bring that in in a cooler? Or yeah, we you? brought it in a cooler, you know. And then, and then they made eight trips. You know. <laughs> no, oh. they, did you see the pictures of the what they took in? Like he, the 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 that red trailer that he's got, like it's just like your regular like yard, yard, yard cart. Yard cart. He slimed the wheels. They got like. How far were you from camp? I was about a mile from where it would have been. I probably made it six miles. Blew a tire and then oh. just drugged the fucker the rest of the way. And no, and I never made it to camp. And it <laughs> tore the, tore the, the wheel. Right. Yeah, tore the axle off and shit, you know. So it was a sled, no. <laughs> it was on one side. You know, the wheel was good on the other side. And finally, I, I just, you know, we unloaded it and, and uh, they took the rest of the shit to camp, you know. And I threw that son of a bitch off the side of the road. You know, I was going to leave it out there, you know, and then we, uh, we went, made it to camp with all the rest of the gear that I had too, you know, and then a couple of days later, we were going to go back out and take a shower. So that drug, or threw it on the trailer and drugged that some bitch down and threw it off by, you know, the trailhead there by our, our big trailer. And then it stayed there the rest of the time. We just. Threw it in the trailer and brought it back, and I I revamped it again. You know, be ready. Wilding on it, and it it's like this. <laughs> it's I it, put a set of lawnmower front tires, the spindles it. and everything. Yeah, you welded yeah. the spindles to it. Yeah, I just took the spindles. I had them on, you know, yeah, the wheels, and I just wall it, cut them off on there, weld them on, and you know what you need to do. He didn't have an angle finder though, because <laughs> oh, that, no, it, I I tried. Straightening the axle, you know. I had a fucking sledgehammer and I was hitting that thing. I didn't heat it, but I was I was hitting it. And then I I welded the thing that it tore off the you know the part of the frame. And you need to I, make like a get an old front end off a quad with the tires and mount that so you have independent suspension on your trailer. Well, the trailer with the, with the tires. The trailer that uh, Danny and I uh, rigged up. He's got a. Uh, it's a small trailer. It's got bearings in the in the wheels. You know what I mean. And we took. I uh, had some uh, one inch oak boards, and we put that down as a deck on it. You know, it just it was a I don't know four foot wide. You know, maybe four or five foot long. You know, and then the wheels, and then it came to the front. You know, but it's a it's like a trailer hitch. You know, it goes on a ball. You know, and that's what we. You know, loaded the big tent and all that big cooler on and all that stuff, you know. That worked great. Couldn't go very fast, but, I mean, you know, he kept his wheels. So, like, 
what's the train like? I mean, that road, you said the road's bad, but is it like tip over bad? Is it? Not the, not the. Uh, like uh, any of the trails. Yeah. Fucking A. I tripped, I tripped <laughs> over, you know. It was slow-mo though. I mean, it was like, you know, Ernie come running down the hill and it was the quads laying on me and shit and I can't get out from underneath it. You know, it's got me pinned up to the bank, you know, and he, he, he comes out and he's like, Oh my God, you know, he's, he's pushing. I said, I'm all right. I'm all right, dude. You know, got her up, you know, hit the thing, boom, fired it up, you know, all right. Just got one of them deals where, you know, I, I took it a little bit different. It was a little hairpin, you know, and it was kind of a big rocker and it just hit the back tire, you know, and it was like, I knew it was going to go, you know, but just no. And John did it last year, you know, with that quad he had. Shit, that one he's got now, though, that thing is a monster. (laughs) It's an 850, Mm -hmm. 850 Can-Am. And this thing is, Johnny, it sounds just like when they'd start him up four in the morning, like a goddamn Harley. I ain't kidding you. It was like, well, that's got the V twin in it. Oh yeah, well, your brother, <coughs> excuse me, they when they they came back from, they hunted that spot in one spot, so it took them to come all the way out that trail, then up to camp. Then your brother had to go make a phone call. Right, it was about unemployment, so <coughs> ends up. John's keys for his truck are in camp, mm-hmm. you know? So you got to take the, the the truck across the dam to get service, you know? You can't ride the four-wheelers over there. Mm-hmm. So Dan's going to go down back. And this is after dark, you know? And it's seven miles, like I said, out to the trailhead. And John said, just take my quad, Dan. He said, really? He goes, oh, yeah, just take mine. So, you know, we make supper and everything. Dan left, you know. We're making supper and stuff. And he ain't gone. Shit. All of a sudden, I hear this, you know, and it's Dan. I'm going, you didn't go out? Hell yeah, man. He said, I I went all the way. He said, this thing is unbelievable, he says. You know those cattle crossings? He says, you're you're airborne, you know. He did that trail, dude. He goes, this thing is like, you know, it's got yeah. all independent suspension on it and stuff. He said, what a what a ride. Okay. He, he was just like, he, I don't know. How, he had to set a land record, you know, a land speed record going out and back. But, yeah. So, the the 350 Rancher is not going out again <laughs> next year. No. 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 Um, two years of that ass pound is enough you know what i mean with a straight axle you know right so but he did the job believe me you know i mean that thing is it's like i had no problem with it Ernst said yours works really good you know yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna put new tires on it this year i'm gonna get those i think they're the sawtooth whatever doc has on his quads mm-hmm. out there those real aggressive yeah. ones danny danny wilkes put some some new ones on his last year and it worked really good these ones, Doc's, all of Doc's quads had these, they're like, I think they were called a sawtooth. And they're like so stiff, like he said that, well, he fills them with the green slime too, but mm-hmm. they're so stiff that he's like, you can rip a hole in the side and you don't even need air. Yeah. 
But well, and like I say, I'm I'm looking for something more horsepower. You know what I mean? And and then independent suspension. That's that's going to be the next uh, purchase in the spring. But it's you know I mean it it's different. You know what I mean? Because there's a there's a lot of of four wheeler traffic out there in those trails that are just people just riding four wheelers. They're not hunting or they could be fishing or, you know, anything, you know, but there's, you know, and, and you think about it, we, we had elk encounters close to those trails because those elk are used, are to, used it. to it. You know, they're, they're used to hearing them four wheelers and stuff out there. You know, they just stand there and, you know, let them go by, you know. Wait for you to stop, bugle. Yeah. Like, eh, I ain't answering him. Take well, off. Last year, last year, Dan and, and John had, you know, five by five right on the trail because they, you know, they weren't, they weren't all ready and stuff. And then all of a sudden they start calling. Boom, there he is, you know. And they're fumbling around trying to put releases on and stuff like that, you know. And he's he's thirty yards from them. So, but yeah, it's a it's a you know I I've I've learned a lot in the last two years out there like that, you know. And uh, so you're going back to Colorado again next year. I'm I'm yeah. And then what's so? What's your overall take on this trip? Would you do it again? I'd I'd do it again in a heartbeat. Um, now, if it came to a bow hunting trip like we did, or this gun trip, if you could only do one next year, which one would you do? Oh man, that that's a tough one because I really, really, really want to kill one with a bow, and not that I don't enjoy like the hunt that we did, but just having like the camp, like it's, it's weird. Like that was more important than any of like the elk stuff. Like it makes me like want to go do like a big deer camp again, because that was, it was more about the hanging out. It it was way more about the the hanging out, but, but that, that to say like the location was, so we should have another. We should have the, the, the deer camp podcast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But you don't, know, you know, in in like, hunt camp. like I say, I I went out there, and I told those guys when I went, you know, this year, I says, because Ernie's already, you know, he's he's he says you got to get on the treadmill, Mel Frank. You got to ride your bike. I said bullshit. I said I don't need to do none of that, Ern. He goes, well, you you what you know, and I go. I'm going to have a good time, I said, okay? If I get a shot at an elk or kill an elk, you know, that's a bonus, dude. I said, what I'm going for is the experience. You know what I mean? Uh, It's a great bunch of guys. I said, it's, you know, you're out there, you know, in the mountains, you know. You know, we we farted around and caught brook trout, you know, out of this lake and stuff. You know what I mean? Shit like that, you know. But it was like, you know. I I go because that's what I want to do. That's that's what I like. And I do it at my pace. You know what I mean? I don't have to run up fucking mountain, you know, behind some young stud, you know what I mean, and have my heart sticking out of my throat and shit, you know? I don't need that, you know? But that's But a- what did you say though? 
you said when you got back you were gonna I'm gonna get in, I'm gonna be in better shape next year. Don't don't get me wrong. Because that's gonna make your experience even more even that much, much better. better. You right. know what I mean? And I think that's that's what Ernie was I think maybe trying to get to. Mm, yeah, I guess, you know, but you know. But like the thing is is like I I would I would love uh, like to go back to Idaho and do that hunt again or do something similar like in Montana. Cause the craziest thing about that hunt in Idaho wasn't that we saw elk or whatever is that we didn't see another motherfucking person. Right. And so that's like, <laughs> like my thought process on that too. I mean, it's the same, like, and I said this to Ed and, and the other people that we talked about, you know, elk hunting it's like, I'd much rather go to a spot that has less elk, but no people, which, mm-hmm. I mean, it's getting harder and harder and harder. Yeah. That's but, just like, but like where we went in Montana, it was just like that first spot we hunted. It was nothing but people. We didn't even see elk. There was a ton of elk sign. And the kid that we ran into was like, oh, yeah, I seen a bunch of elk here opening week, but they just got chased over into Idaho. Right. You know? Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and, and so I, I, I'd, I'd do that hunt again in a heartbeat. And especially now, like how much more do we know or how much more have we learned about ourselves, about gear, about elk hunting, about, you know, like what we need to do. Like, I, I feel like that would be an amazing experience to go do that again. You know? Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, my plan is to go, I mean, obviously, I didn't experience the gun camp or the spike camp part, but like hunting with Ed last year, basically, that was basically the same. You know, the first week or the first few days, the first spot, that's what we did. We packed in with our, you know, everything. Of course, Mark Mark didn't really like that spot and didn't like the, that style. But then, you know, the second week, we did a kind of a happy medium. We did a little, we could have had a nice camp, you know, we camped at the bottom of the mountain and then just, you know, drove in every day, which if we would have had a camper, like, well, cause that's what they did. The, the, when we were in Idaho, they were in Montana in that spot, very spot doing the same thing, but they had Eddie's big camping trailer, which. Well, what if you had a tent though? A big tent. Right, but you're in grizzly country, so that's what you're not going to want to camp and cook and do all that stuff right next. So you want steel walls, is what you're <laughs> yeah, and steel walls might not even. But you, that's the thing there. So you're not going to have a big cook shack and doing all that. You're, I mean, there was guys that were attacked there the year before last, yeah. and the that year there was two guys or a camp that the bear come in twice. So it's not going to be the same, you know, yeah. you're not going to be in there having a cook shack and cooking bacon. And well, pancakes. and then the, the old, the old saying, you know, on, uh, I wish Danny was going to, Wilkes was going to come tonight and he didn't make it, but we were going to talk about, you know, what happened on, on our hunt out there. But he, was filming uh, a cinnamon bear. It was a big one, too. It was over 350, you know. And 
he said he stopped. He had it on his phone and he stopped. For some reason, he said, I wanted to get a still of him. And he took a still picture. And just when he did, it's, it's the old thing is, does a bear shit in the woods? Well, this one hiked up and like he's got the still of the diarrhea just shooting out of this all the way to the ground. And, and, and he said it was really loud. This bear's like 20 yards away. It was really loud. And, and after he did it, he, he kind of like farted a few times. And then the, he said the bear kind of just like looked around. Did anybody hear that? <laughs> <laughs> and then and he, 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 he kept walking. But then he was later on after the bear left and said, he went down there and he had his boot by the, and it was a, this is long, long shit there, you know. <laughs> That's right up. <laughs> so it was funny. But as far as like the, between the two, like the camp was amazing. Like the, that was, that was just as much of the hunt as it was actually hunting. You know, was, that was a great experience. And it, I was thinking about it, like, I, I think I said, to those guys on the way back like that would have been a perfect hunt for like if christopher was going to do an elk hunt like that's the way to do it like my brother drew that would be his jam Mm -hmm. like it was enough hunting that you were like i got to see a bunch of elk got to shoot some elk um it it wasn't it wasn't it's, cookie cutter for you. Right. Like you could, you could have made it as hard or as not hard as you wanted. But would you really, I mean, it's not really comparable. I'm not trying to be a dick or anything, but. Oh no. It's not like hunting to me. Like as, as a way we yeah. hunted. Yeah. We went out and hunted. We went out and looked and went after the elk. On our own. I mean, we had a little bit of guidance, you know, but I mean, I guess that's what you're paying for. Uh, you're just you're being, paying, paying for them to be brought in, but they're also like, okay, sit here or, you know, they pointed out the spots and those were the spots that you killed down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it was just like, get up in the morning, walk out, sit in your spot, well, see them, well, shoot them. But, but I think that that's like, uh, like I said, I, I, I would put the, that just in the same sense of like, unless you're Hal Blood or, you know, somebody along those lines, like, that's the way rifle hunting is, you know, to some degree. Because you, you see them, you shoot them. Right. You know, so you just have to locate them. And when you take the locating them out of it, then it's like, well, then you just, you just kill them. So, I mean, to your point, y- y- yes. Yeah, but it's also, like, I would say, if you were to do that same hunt in archery season, it would be, you would you would have to hunt them, because you wouldn't just be able to sit, you'd be like, if you sit here, you can see elk 300 yards away, <laughs> right. you know, exactly. so you'd still have to, you know what I mean? Like, I think what you're paying for is, like, access to... But the elk, in you know, retrospect, to what you're saying, the you're going to archery hunt those those elk in the same you know state, so you're going to be one month. You're going to have you know what I mean. You have the month of September, right? So 
they're going to be more susceptible to call, you know what I mean? And hopefully not spooked. It didn't sound like those elk were spooked where you were at, you know? Well, so, you know, it'd be, the, it'd be interesting to talk to those, to right. that outfitter about like the, the archery season. Well, you know? and I mean, because like Frank's saying, you're going to get in there. And if it's if there's that many elk and there's not that many people, right? Exactly. Now I can go in there and call, and you're gonna have a really good opportunity to call in some bulls and maybe pick out the herd bull, and not just kill any, right? Mm-hmm. You know, exactly. But uh, okay, so and so that would be like that would be that ideal. Would spike my interest there. Yeah, but but right. but that's what I'm gonna say. Like, so think about it. Like from that perspective, is like like what I'm saying. Or like my my point was with like being able to just watch elk in their like native, you know, things. And I would have to imagine that this is not, uh, well, I, I can tell you that this wasn't like a, a, a banner year for elk, you know, success there. Like this is just, you know, they're usually 50% or above, you know, they usually do real well right there. So those elk the the population isn't changed like we didn't affect the population of elk right there so um it would be like like you said like an ideal opportunity to go in there and practice calling and you know it, it's almost like a a captive audience you know to some degree like be super cool you know it would be it would be the same thing like best case scenario Getting into a place where, you know, nobody hunts, essentially. Right. Um, and that's and that's just the opposite of where we're at, you right. know. They've been I mean, called to. You know, I, I mean, it, well, well, but that, you can still call them, you know. And that was, so that's like what happened with that spot where I was at, where I shot my bull. I mean, I pretty much put the calls away. As soon as I hit, I mean, the night before, as soon as I hit the, the cow call, they all took off running like, whoa, what the fuck was that? <laughs> you know, they had heard it so much because that's all you, I mean, two days before that I had guys following me up the mountain thinking I was an elk. And it's like, yeah, buddy, I'm terrible at calling. And you think I'm the bull? <laughs> Let me get out the turkey calls. <laughs> yeah, they, you know, and, and we had, uh, uh, your brother had a couple guys, you know, chasing him, you know. Right, and and they finally figured out that it was a guy, you know. But they'd come quite a ways. They got Doug Foodie, yeah. And but you know, and just you know, the across from camp, that's where you know, uh, Dan Junior went that day. That he was up there for like seven hours, but that bull just kept bugling up there on the on the side of that mountain. You know, he just he, and he says, if he keeps it up, I'm going. You know, but it's like, you know, this. And and it's to get to them, you go down first across the road and it, you, and they, you say, well, cross the creek, you know. Well, it's like down to the creek steep here, cross the creek, then it's up the other side, you know, and then it's up the mountain, you know. So if you kill something. It's he, good. Was, he was up there, like I said, it, you know, almost he was within – uh, 
I don't know how far from the top, but I mean, he was close. You know, did he see the bull? He never got to see him, but he, he called in the cow and two spikes. You know, and uh, he could have shot. You know, all three of those. Oh, you know, so that would have that was, and then the other Dan shot one farther up than that. Your brother, yeah, yeah, yeah. It would. It was so actually. Did they have to pack him out? Yeah, it was actually. We went in from the other side, though. You know, so we how in. far of a pack out on your packs? It was probably, uh, I don't know, I'd say a couple miles, you know? Yeah. It was, it was, it was where he saw the bear mm-hmm. and then farther. Okay. You know? And, and you, Dan and, and Dan went in there because we, we kept looking at it on the maps and stuff, you know, and, and found that you could come in from this other way and it was easier to get to, but you still, you know, it was down too, you know, once you got in there. But it was, it was, uh, you know, Danny said, knowing what, what I do now, he said, I should have shot her, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. hindsight's twenty twenty, right? Yeah, I know. But uh, it was, you know, there, you know, and in, 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 it's just, it's just a thing, you know, where you know, if if you find elk and elk sign, then you know that's what we're going to try and do next year. We're just going to just camp on it, you know what I mean, or right. or or where we can just walk out, you know, out of get out of your tent and go. Right. So you're gonna have a base camp, yeah, and then you're gonna have right. a little pack. Right. Well, the the difference is is that they've got four wheelers. So on the four wheeler, he can have because he wants a big enough. Yeah. Because Ernie was Ernie was in the tents like ours, and he was claustrophobic. Oh man, Ernie! I, Ernie, I thought was going to like tear the tent up. You know? Yeah. Oh, that yeah. last year. Yeah. So they're going to have like one of the Cabela's out uh, guide tents, like a big like three man plus dome tent. Yeah. On their back of the four wheeler. That's what he said, a little bit more comfortable. Right. You know what I mean? And you can take my uh, Sam's Club 12-man pop-up. But, the, <laughs> you know, the the totes we have on there, you know, you, you can have all your gear in them. You know what I mean? Food, whatever, water, gas. You know what I mean? We've got them rigged, you know, where you can, once you get out there, you know, like I said, you know, you can, if you find what you're looking for, then just right by your quad just set up your tent you know and that's what them guys some of them do you know but they drive pickups back in some of them spots some of those roads are accessible by for trucks or vehicles they're nuts man you need like the docks freaking samurai yeah the suzuki yeah i winches front and back freaking rock crawling tires it's a like a little these guys beast the one dude had it had a toyota back in there uh, truck and and he had like a teepee set up. It was a you know a pretty big one too. You know them teepees that was set up. That was his camp. You know, back by a reservoir back there. It's probably one of those freaking. Uh, shoot. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like like the Kafaru or yeah, like Kafaru teepee. Yeah, yeah. It was like, it was a big some bitch. What do they call that? Is it a 
they call it the TP whatever it is. It's Kafaro has one. That's, yeah, that like I was I've been looking at uh, like a couple different ones. Like there's that they throw a stove in it. And, yeah. Oh yeah, he had heat and stuff like that. But you know the tent we used, um, it's like a it was a military tent I think you know, but they made them in uh, they're made in Iowa. Did you have a, a wood stove in it or? No, we just had a, a some fair sized propane heater, you know, hooked to a twenty pound tank, and you just had like three three heat settings that you could keep it on pilot, and then low, medium, high. But god damn, man, you turn that thing on and it's just like that that tent gets so hot in there, you know. You you it was stifling almost, you know. I mean, if you had to shut it off. You know, we, even when it was down in the, you know, in a, like in the high 30s, low 40s. You Did you have know? a carbon monoxide detector in there? <laughs> was there enough air gaps to get some fresh air in? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hell, yeah. And I used to, I left, I I would leave the flap open even, you know. Like leave it, they they, they would cinch it up, you know, and I'd, I'd have to get up pissing. Ah, I'd mess around with that thing. Finally, I just left it open. <laughs> so, what else you got, John? That's it. I was just wondering if you could do it again or not. I I'd do it again for the camp. I mean, if I could do the same thing at our camp in Baldwin or in the UP or or whatever, just like for like literally like the the camaraderie and all of that. Like I said. You know, aside from the fact that, you know, is a beautiful place, you know, like the view and all that stuff. Um, but, yeah, it was just super cool. Like, because, you know, back when I was growing up and that was the heyday of Michigan rifle season and there was, you know, that one or two inches or that dusting of snow on the ground. And there was that, like, added bit of, like, suck you know, like where you come in and you're all wet and you're, you know, you're looking for a hot meal and you're, you know what I'm saying? Well, like, not so. Well, like some of the, some of the camps that we, you know, we bow hunted up there, you know, mm-hmm. and I'd make the chicken and dumplings, you know, I, I, I did all the cooking for these guys. You know what I mean? It was like, you know, they're, they take me because I cook, you know, that's. I but think, it, it just really took me back to like when I was a kid almost. So. I guess I never got to experience that. So that's, so mm-hmm. I remember looking forward to, like, that's all dad, ever, my dad ever did. Yeah. Like, that's, oh, we're going, they go to the UP and they had this big camp and I always heard all the stories. And of course, the year I turned 14, well, the year before I turned 14, they had a big falling out. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was over like a jar of peanut butter or something stupid or, you know, just some dumb shit. But so I'm like, well, here I was, I'm, I'm going to be 14 and now I don't get to go to the hunting camp that I've heard about for my whole life. <laughs> so we drove up just the two of us and I think we ended up actually pulling over there. Yeah. We stopped and he went in and talked to him for a minute, but then the weather was so bad. We hunted opening day. Opening morning, I could have shot a spike horn, but I didn't. And then we drove back, and uh, 
we we drove back to Freesville to Fred and Kathy's cabin and ended up staying there. And then he left and went back home and left me up there with Kathy and Fred. <laughs> so but, I was but, like, well, and then the next year, so the next year we didn't do anything. I ended up killing a deer out behind my house. Oh yeah. I remember being the little called- six point. Remember the big one you got, though? Well, yeah. So, the I killed a little six-point. So, we had the black mamba. The, yeah. The, the old <laughs> station the old, wagon. The old station wagon. Yeah. And Dad and I were going to go hunting out back behind the house. Well, it was actually like school was canceled. I was going to hunt anyway, but school was canceled. So we got a ton of snow, and he's like, oh, I'll just go back to bed. I'm like, no, I'll go hunting. He's like, well, just drive the car out there. Here I'm only, you know, 15, but it's just through the field out back. And it snowed so much I couldn't even find my tree, like where I'd normally hunted. It, everything was different. So I just ended up, walked out, and like, oh, this looks like it. I just sat down, and the six-point comes running through, stops, shoot it, runs off, dies. Went over there, looked at it, I'm like, I killed a six-point. I run back to the car, drive back up to the house. Dad's still sleeping. I'm like, Dad, I killed a buck. He's like, No, you didn't even go you didn't even go hunt and go back to bed. I'm like, No, I did. I killed and so he got up. Well, so and then the next year I went up with Uncle Art and Uncle Ray mm-hmm. to the old spot, you know, yeah. that you and dad used to hunt. Right. And ended up I killed a nice eight point out of actually dad's old blind. Like I was actually sitting on the point, I had no idea. But I was supposed to sit in Danelle's blind, and there was already someone there. So I just walked across. And when I explained where I shot the, he's, you know, shot the deer from, Dad's like, well, there's an old blind there, wasn't there? I'm like, well, there's remnants of one. He's like, well, that was my blind. Not in the point. Yeah. Yeah. And then the next year was when I went out back (laughs) and had my girlfriend with me at the time. Yeah. And I sat underneath dad's tree. Well, that was, so I played hockey. Well, dad was actually down at the rink. He was at the rink. He had, it was like draft night or something or something. He was down there watching. And and I had to go down later to play. So I'm like, well. He shoots his deer, calls me up. So I go over there. He had the old Jeep truck. Yeah. So we get the, get the deer out and everything, right? This is a dandy, too, wasn't it? Yeah, that's my big 10 point. Yeah. And he goes, I says, all right. He's going down to the rink, you know. And I says, put the balls in a in a brown paper bag. I says, and take them down and give, <laughs> give them to your dad. <laughs> so I did. So I put them in a, I put them in a baggie. And I remember, I mean, I just told this story last week. And I'm like. I go walking in, and I remember him. He was standing at the end of the, right by the Zamboni, watching, sitting there, you know, looking out over the ice. And I walk up, I hand him that bag. He's like, what's this? I'm like, I shot your buck. He's like, what? I said, look in the bag. He looks in the bag. He's like, what is that? I said, that's his nuts. I shot your buck. (laughs) He's like, bullshit. I'm like, no, serious. Look in there. So he looks. He's like, 
God damn it, you little <laughs> son of a bitch. Like, <laughs> he was pissed. <laughs> he's like, seriously? I'm like, yeah, he's a huge 10 point. I said, Uncle Frank, come over and help me. Got him out and he's hanging in his garage. Of course, this is before cell phones, so I couldn't show him a picture of it. But Oh, yeah, he was pissed at first. Then he was like, seriously, you got him? I'm like, yeah. I said, take his nuts down there. And <laughs> a big old bag of nuts. Bag of nuts. See, so, these nuts. <laughs> so it seems like, like, I feel like a therapist. Like, now now I know why you don't like gun hunting. Because you're like, well, I didn't get to go to camp. Well, that was the whole thing. I never to, got to You never got to go to camp. And I just, every, every deer that I freaking killed with him was like, I seen him and shot him. Like, there was no... Like so, but there was nobody around. It wasn't like there wasn't a big fanfare. It wasn't, you like, know, it, it was just like I shot him, I killed him, I got him, I mounted him. They're on the wall, and they're still hanging in my dad's house to this day. You know, like that five point, or I mean the six point that first year. That was awesome. Like that was, you know, the first buck I'd killed, and it was a spot where I was supposed to be hunting. You know, I'd bow hunted. It. I actually missed that buck. I didn't miss him. I. Had him come in during bow season, and I'd watched him. I was sitting right behind the house, out the back of the field, right. and I'd seen I'd seen some other does come out, and I was shooting the old what was that old flipper rest? Is it the? It had the plastic freaking oh shit! What was that rest? Hunter Supreme rest? Can't remember. It had like a little little plastic flipper though it stuck up well when you draw it back or when you're sitting there it my arrow would fall off so i pushed it down inside didn't like to hold it oh i know what you're talking about yeah and so i'm sitting there and then all of a sudden i hear something down to my right and i look down and here's a buck and he's like literally underneath my tree like six yards and i'm like it's a buck and I go to draw back, and it's still in the freaking inside the rest. Pulled it off the string. So it went. String and, but when I pulled it back, though, it went. <laughs> and I still didn't realize it. And that buck looked up at me, and I'm like, I pull it back the rest of the way, and it hits the shelf, and poof, and the arrow falls off and almost hits the deer on the ground. <laughs> like, shoot. And he takes off. Well, I remember, like, looking at him, and there was only so many. There weren't very many deer right, on the back. Right. But it had, like, a little one of its brow tines was like kind of buttoned. And when I shot that buck with my gun, that was it. That was the one. And so, you know, and then the next year, like I said, I would just went up. My cousin Jeff was like, hey, you want to come up hunting with us? I'm like, oh, yeah, it'd be awesome. And uh, I went up and, you know, it was, I was supposed to sit in my cousin Danielle's uh, right. Blind. And when I walked out there, like literally we drive out this two track and they're like, drop someone off. Like, okay, this is where you get out. Just walk straight back there and you'll find a blind, get in it and sit there. Well, when I got back there, there was someone smoking. I could see a cherry of a cigarette. I'm like, oh man, someone's already in there. Now what the hell do I do? Because I don't want to get shot by this guy. Right. And I can't go walking up and down the two-track because they're all up and down the two-track. So that's when I just walked straight away from that person, crossed the two-track, started getting light. I could see that there was like a 
opening out there and ended up being that bowl in that point. Right. And I sat down right on top of that and I actually seen a four point was because they're out in that bowl. There was a big ass oak tree, like right on the, right in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. And I seen a f- tail flicker and then all of a sudden, like I seen its head and I'm like, that's a buck, you know, it's a four point. I'm going to shoot this sucker. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting there waiting, and he just kept feeding behind it, never gave me a shot. And all of a sudden, I hear something coming down the ravine to my left, and here comes five bucks. I'm like, swear to God, five bucks, like running in a row. They stop the first one. I shoot the first one. Boom. The rest spread out, and there was another one that was even bigger than the one I shot. Who went into? He went into like these slashings, and I had racked another shell, and I'm like, man. I should shoot, you know, but, oh, there's trees there. I'm not going to, you know, but I could see his whole silhouette and body and everything. And then it felt like forever. Then he took off and I didn't shoot. I was like, and then I ran down to where, you know, I'd shot that first, the first one. And I'm looking around and I see there's a freaking tree with a hole in it. Like, oh my God, I shot a tree, you know? I couldn't find blood and I'm looking around, looking around, but I'm like, I'm just like looking on the ground. Like I'm not looking up or anything. And then finally I see a speck of blood on a leaf, like just a little tiny speck. And I'm I'm like, so I start to follow it and I look up and I can see his like legs sticking up. He'd went into them same slashings and hit a log and was dead. Well, I'd shot right through a freaking tree about two inches big around, you know? Oh yeah. Like, and that was with just a regular, so my dad had given me, I had like some regular, like the regular tip bullets. And then they had some big, like 180 grain, like the, he's like, yeah, these ones are shoot through brush and stuff or something, you know? And that was my second shot. So I know I would have, when I told dad about it, he's like, oh my God, you should have just shot. You would have killed him. No problem. <laughs> So what was what caliber were you using then? The seven mag. Seven mag. Oh yeah, shit. That shoots through everything, man. <laughs> I and shot. The, I shot through one of them ironwood trees out to the farm. It was probably almost four inches in diameter. I shot. The buck was probably fifteen twenty feet behind that tree, and I didn't even realize that I had shot that tree. I, I shot, and, and he went right down. You know. When I went over there. Do you have two holes in him? No, I, I went over there, though, and it was like he's laying in this little indent, you know, little, little hole. like. And I look back, and I'm thinking, man, that was quite a shot through there, you know, like that. And all of a sudden, I see all this white shit on the back of this tree, you know. I walk over there, and I, I center punched that tree, dude. <laughs> I center punched it, and it blew out the back, and he had shrapnel in him. You know what I mean? In his rib cage. Right. Oh, yeah. It, it, like, you hit him in three, four spots right that's there. That's what I meant. Right behind the front leg. Yeah. yeah. So, that's what happened with that buck, too. Yeah. It had two spots where yeah. it fucking went. Oh, yeah. The, b- the bullet already fragmented. Oh, yeah. This thing, this thing, and it broke his back right there. It hit him right high in the shoulder, you know, right behind the, the leg kind of like right there. But it broke his back, man. Just killed him instantly. Just plop. Well, so then when I, when I found that buck, though. I looked up on the other side of the bowl, and there's another dude up there in orange up on the other side. I was like, and so what was funny is 
the next day, my cousin Jeff, like, well, let's go sit back in that same spot. Maybe there'll be more there in the next county at that point. But we ended up running into the guy that, that was sitting on the other side. He was walking the next day. He's like, you guys hunting, you know, I'm like, yeah, I killed a buck down here yesterday. He's like, oh, you shot that little four point? I'm like, no, I killed a nice eight point. And he he didn't believe me because he had seen, he was watching that oh. four point and thought I had shot that one. <laughs> but, and then the next year, you know, I was, I just walked out and sat underneath dad's tree, you know, his, his bow hunting tree with my girlfriend All right. watching two does had the gun in my left hand, like s- shouldered left-handed watching these does. And I kept hearing something to my left but i couldn't look around because she was sitting next to me on my left and i couldn't like see around her finally i heard like a branch snap and i like i leaned out because i didn't want to spook those does either but they had at that point kind of moved on and i looked out and all of a sudden there that buck was and he was only like 30 yards feeding across that field and i just like lost it i was like oh my you know, I started shaking and she freaking started cracking up like, cause I, I was so freaking funny, you know, like, shut up. Well, the deer looked up and he took off. And then that's when I, I like got up, got around the tree and he ended up stopping in that shooting lane and shot him, knocked him down right there. Like he did not, I don't know how that happened. Like I shot him and he did not, he just disappeared. And didn't kick or nothing because I just jumped up and ran <laughs> like turkey hunting. How about how about the time that you were going up and I that I was talking to you the day before, the night before, oh. and I says, I says, where are you going? And she says, oh, I'm going up, you know, yeah, Custer or whatever, you know. I said, mind if I go with you? Oh no, you know. And we get up there and he goes, I'm going to go hunt these scrapes over here. He says, I don't really have a spot. I said, don't worry about it. I said, I'll, you know. Let's go down the other end. Yeah, so I went down the other end, dude. I go, I walk in there, it's starting to get daylight, you know. And I looked over at this tree and go, yeah, I'm getting that tree right there. So I get over there in the tree. I don't know, it was hours ago after daylight. Or something, look, here comes this buck, man. Funk. <laughs> I shoot him. <laughs> I seen, I think, two does. Yeah. And, they got out there, you know, and he's walking down the road to me, you know. See anything? Yeah. I killed a buck. What? <laughs> <laughs> we had to deer holler, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we did. Yeah, because we pulled back in on that trail and then we yeah. that was the that was the first first year that I was shooting those ACCs. And that thing, man, I mean I shot that deer right behind the front leg, man. It was it was just, you know, went right to him, just smoked him. He didn't look good when he was running off. He was having a problem. But that yeah. was funny. Yeah, we'll have to get John up to the camp of the UP. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, just, just for the camp atmosphere. Oh, yeah. So I did get that, like, I went up. Excuse I did go up to Jason's cabin a couple times, like rifle hunting. Well, that's not with us, though. But, you know, and that was with, you know, old Rodney. And 
I'm talking about this will be an experience for you. Let's do it during bow season. Well, that's what we yeah. we, we you used know, to do that like that, for like open the opener. yeah we'd go up there you know for several days you know yeah that's fun but yeah I don't know I mean well I think that's all we have tonight <laughs> <laughs> well I mean we're we're at two hours and ten minutes right. so I gotta get up early and go to work too we've been we've been rocking it but no I just just to your your point like. Like to me, that was very nostalgic from from that perspective, and like all of those stories that you were going back through, and like you know, you could you could tell like it it, it was a feeling for you, like you were right back there. Mm-hmm. Like so, for me, like like Tom, he he's 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 wearing green wool pants with a belt knife and an orange vest, and it's like that to me is that era of yeah of deer hunting in my life. So it. It kind of like was full circle, you know what I mean? It reminded me of my grandpa and like, mm-hmm. you know, all of all of that sort of thing. And to be out there and to do that, like, that was it was really awesome. Like from that point, and like the elk is awesome, and it's you know a just a bonus on top of everything else. You know, is that if that makes sense? Yeah. But after you know, like growing up, you know, in the air, you know, it was always you had the the red and black wool, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I looked forward to getting my first suit, you know what I mean? I had the I had the wool rich, you know, red and black plaid, you know, pants and the and well, the coat and everything. I got you know? the picture. Yeah. <laughs> and and who, then who know, had the green and black? I had the green and black too. Right, because you had because the, the picture had, of you in green and black and my dad in the red and black. Right. And what's crazy is that was a shirt jack though. I had. The Woolrich, I had my, I still had it. I up until like lat after Dad passed away, I gave it to Jet, and yeah. Jet just had his senior pictures taken in that, yeah. in that jacket, and, oh, yeah. and Dad's Woolrich. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I used to love to wear that stuff. She good, host. You're the, you're the guy. So. We're all done then, right? (laughs) (laughs) We're going to (laughs) call. All right. Thanks for for sticking it out and giving us a a week off to hunt. We got a bunch more hunting to do, and uh, we'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening.